hello there and welcome to yet another episode of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's great to have you back here yet again. It's an exciting time as it always is. You know what time it is. It's time for Tom Whitcomb to question whether he really needs a podcast. Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is reflecting on his life choices. I, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a week. You know how it is. You know how it is. I'm never sure in my comedy career how much to reflect on my real life versus try to keep up the veneer that I'm more successful at comedy than I am. But i got a real job, guys. I've got a real job that more than likely will be the focus of my life um, as opposed to whatever this is. And, uh, oh, man, every day just a walking bundle of anxiety is what this week's been. And, uh, and then I get to come and do it all over again on a Saturday. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be, you may have heard, I spiraled a little last week, spiraled a little, not too much. It's becoming a running, it's becoming a running part of the podcast, becoming a bit of a segment, but, uh, I'm committed. I'm committed to getting better. And look, guys, there are notes. There are notes this week. I've got punchlines ready. I have a vague notion of some kind of, uh, flow for this episode. I have segments I mean, not really segments, but I, I have I have like three, I, I have three different uh, categories of things to talk about. It's um, it's huge. It's massive. I, I, if if this doesn't if the podcast doesn't take off immediately after this episode, I don't know what to tell you. I can't imagine what else I could have possibly done uh, to success to successfully guarantee um, podcast fame and uh, and fortune. <clears throat> then at least one page of type notes in a Google Doc. I'm in a I'm in an interesting position in my cop. Uh, first of all, just actually backtracking just for a moment. How last week? I'll be honest. The, the 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 listenership dived off a cliff a little bit, and I don't I I don't blame those people. Well, I kind of blame them because they weren't to know that it wasn't good. They they didn't know that they would have had to tune in and find out. And the name of the episode was the World Dwarf Games. Who doesn't want to listen to that? I thought I'd found an instant shortcut to guaranteed listenership naming that episode World Dwarf Games. If I saw any other podcast, even if I'd had no interest in watching it ever before, even if it was Abby Chatfield's weekly podcast, whatever that's called, um, slutty and okay with it, is that what it's called? Is that what Abby Chatfield's... Is that, is that what it's called? Sex positive and often, is that it? We, I mean, it's sex positivity is going too far, isn't it? Have a bit of shame, would you, please? I saw an idea, the Cannes uh, Advertising Awards uh, happening this week, and um, there was this idea that's won a huge award at Cannes. For those unaware, this is this is my other industry. Uh, in the advertising industry, they do a bunch of awards at the... Uh, I don't know if it's related to the Cannes Film Festival. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but it, anyway, in Cannes... I think it is because they, they get lions for both. Lions are the name of the awards. Uh, anyway, there was a PR idea that got so many, which was basically order a bouquet of roses and one of the roses in the bouquet is, I think, I think a dildo, although it did have, it was either a dildo or it was like a, like a, like a fleshlight style thing, which apparently was worthy of a claim. Um, I don't fully understand why. I don't understand what the thinking behind that one was. That someone in a marketing department somewhere is going, hey, guys, you know how we all want to fuck flowers? You know that? But we can't because of the thorns. Exactly. Because of the thorns, we can't do it. Well, what if? What if? We put a dildo in a bouquet and we sit back and we wait for the awards to tumble in. And boy, did they. 
Um, it's been it's it's been an interesting week. Where did where did that come from? Why I I I got lost. I got lost in there somewhere. Sex positivity. Abby Chatfield podcasts. World Dwarf Games. How is no one paying attention to the World Dwarf Games? Like, I'm. I've got to do some sums. I've got my. As I pointed out last week, listener of the podcast, based in London, James Dunlop has volunteered to put his hand up and be our official. Show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is spectating the World Dwarf Games uh, correspondent. If I pay for his flights and tickets to the to the games in Cologne, what could a ticket possibly cost to the World Dwarf Game final sprinting championships? It can't. It can't be out of. I look. I, don't get me wrong. This is all sunk cost. All right. It, it, I, I was trying to frame it up in my mind as a business expense. It doesn't matter how good the content is. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna make any money out of it, am I? But, but I would love to know. I would love to know what's going on at the World Dwarf Games. I'd love to know who the other spectators are. I would love to know who's there who isn't friend or family to the World Dwarf Game competitors. Is there a big turnout? There should be. There really should be. But um, anyway, that didn't work. So I've, I've, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to to elevate the nature of the podcast. I'm trying to bring more to the table. I've spent some time thinking about the submarine. Don't you worry about it. Don't you don't think that I'm going to get in on the shameless jokes at the expense of five billionaires crushed to death in a submarine? You bet your sweet ass I will. Of course. Of course I'm going to. We'll get to that in a little in a little moment. I've got some recommendations. That's something podcasts do. I've got I've got some thoughts of things that you could watch and or listen to as well as this. Not instead. All right, let's be let's be serious. All right, once you you can't start the movie until you finish your show some respect Tom Whitcomb is talking. All right, this is the this is audible vegetables that you're consuming right now. If you want to get to the dessert, you're going to have to put up with this first. <laughs> One spoonful at a time. Two more bites. Two more bites and then you can watch Black Mirror. It does get better, by the way. But that's not my recommendation. i got something else for you. i got another TV show I've been getting into. It's been very good. Went and saw a movie last week. I'm going to tell you about that. How, how is this not huge? How, how is not everyone... If you haven't just paused... If you haven't just paused this podcast to take your headphones off and turn to the stranger sitting next to you on the train to say, hey, sorry, random question. Do you listen to shows and respect Tom Whitcomb is talking? Because if you don't, this week's a good week to get in. He talks about a movie he saw. It's going to be huge. He hasn't said anything about it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. If you haven't done that, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do about it. And I'm also, this is what I was trying to get to before. I'm, I'm trying to make some big career moves at the moment in comedy. I'm trying to work out where's my time best spent, okay? Because I am finding having Sundays off, the last few weeks I've had Sundays off to do nothing, which has been glorious. It's been a long time since I, I know I'm going on and on about this, but having just a day where it's like nothing to do, don't have to worry about my hopes and dreams, it's such a relief. To, to get that right off my plate. However, I've also been taking comedy nights off, so I haven't been going out and gigging Monday to Friday, which has also been very odd. And unfortunately, very uh, enjoyable, which does just open up a lot of questions about whether I've wasted the last six years of my life trying to pursue this dream. I've actually been thinking about my career options, and I am actively, like, uh, in writing pros and cons for things I could do with my career, a con in one of the, a con in one of the columns is uh, that I might potentially enjoy it too much and therefore not be motivated enough to get good at stand-up comedy. That's toxic, isn't it? 
That's that the, you'd be concerned if one of the reasons that you're not leaving a relationship is the fear you might be too happy without them in your life. That's what I'm doing. That's that's how I'm seeing my career. That thing that I literally trade my time away for. I'm like, well, I should probably maintain at least a little bit of misery just to really crack the whip when it comes to my part-time side hustle I don't get paid for. For the first time ever, I'm getting a tax accountant to look at my comedy business. And he described... <laughs> I told him, I was like, hey, just so you know, I've, uh, I've been selling tickets, I've been making some cash, um, but I also made a huge loss this year, so... Yeah, if you could take a look at that. And he's like, yep, even if you just, uh, look, even if it's just a minor loss, it's the right thing to do. I'm like, oh, good. That's why I'm doing it. Civil servitude is the reason that I'm getting someone to look at my taxes. I'm going to pay someone $300 an hour to tell me that I'm not doing well enough at comedy to make any money out of it. Anyway, so I'm, I'm trying to make some decisions in the world of comedy. I'm like, where, where should I spend my time? All right. Where can I, because there was a time, I don't know if you guys have been on the journey with me for, for this long through my career. There was a time during lockdown when I was putting out, I was trying to put out a TikTok every single day that was jokes about the news. And it just about fucking killed me for a grand total of like, it was, it was literally, it was content poking machines. Every day waking up, putting something on Twitter, knowing that it cost me my entire Sunday and a lot, a lot of anxiety. And then you'd be like, oh, well, I hope this goes well. And then you get, you check, you put it up first thing in the morning, you check TikTok again in the evening. And it's like, oh, good, that video that took me an hour to make got me about 800 views, 17 likes, and abused by a series of teenagers. That's good. What a, what a great use of time that was. I guess we'll run it back tomorrow. Let's see if they like my, uh, my joke about, uh, I mean, the submarine would have been pretty hot stuff. Maybe that could have worked. Maybe I need to bring it back. Um, but uh, so it, it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make sure, it's hard to make sure that you're using that time wisely. That you're not, if, if it's going to be emotionally, physically, mentally taxing or draining, you want to know that you're not spending too much time on it. But also that it's, if you are going to be tired from it, that, that it's, it's going to reap some kind of reward, going to yield some kind of dividend. And that's why this podcast is the bane of my existence. <laughs> Because sometimes I really like it. I'm enjoying it right now. I'm on a roll. It's going well. Even if this doesn't do very well on the views and whatever, I'm like, well, I had a bit of fun doing it. I got to say some horrible things about billionaires who died in an aquatic tragedy. It's all worthwhile. It swings in roundabouts. There are other days where I spend all of Saturday on the edge of a panic attack because I'm going to have to stare down a microphone for 30 minutes and I have nothing to say. And then I have to publish that to the world, knowing that no one's going to listen. And 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 you think, what's this for, Tom? Who's this for? Is this doing anyone any good? And it's a very good question that I have no answer for. And anyway, so I, I think podcasting is a very important part of the industry because it has this, uh, at least the opportunity to make some money if it goes well. I don't know if this one does, but some of them do. Uh, it builds a connection with the audience. Hey, that's you. That's you guys. I bet I bet most of you bought tickets to my comedy show, and not just because most of you may or may not be friends and family. But still, those of you who aren't, those of you who I've made this point before, those of you who are listening to this who don't know me personally, 
you guys are the real MVPs. And also, by the way, those of you who are listening and don't know me personally, let's keep it that way, okay? Let's not let's not bridge that gap. Let's let's keep this relationship relationship parasocial, not social. All right, let's let's keep some distance. Um, look, if you want to observe my life from the bushes outside, that's fine. Just don't come and knock on the front door. That's all I ask. So, look, uh, podcasting seems to be a thing. All right, that you know, I, I've thought about just proper content, like content, content. I've thought about, and I've I've alluded to this before. A lot of Sydney comedians making a name for themselves, doing characters on Instagram, which seems seductive, but also, fuck that. You know, I just have a feeling that if your audience is coming to you via TikTok, they probably suck. Do you know? I I listened to a comedian on a podcast this week. Dan Soda was on the Brian Koppelman podcast. Little plug there. I say plug. Little recommendation is probably the better term. If I'm going to go to... Brian Koppelman, I believe Academy Award-winning director, and say, hey, don't worry, mate, I plugged your podcast to my uh, to my mum and my father-in-law last week. No, a little recommendation. Brian Koppelman does a very good podcast about the creative process. He's had Rick Rubin on, and he's had a whole bunch of creatives on. He's had Sam Morell as a great comedian in New York. He had Dan Soder on, who's a, a very good comedian, and uh, he talked about how he wants to have fans. He... he he tries to be a good fan because he knows what it means to have good fans and vice versa. And I know what that means. Like I, You've seen shit fans of stuff, haven't you? Those people who just abandon the people that they, that they supposedly are fans of the minute they do something they don't like or that are too demanding or that are just a little bit toxic. You don't want that. You want, you want to build a fan base that are invested in you and who like the right kind of stuff. And I'm going to say the vast majority of those people... If they spend time on TikTok, they're at the very least ashamed of it. That's, to me, for, for my cohort to have a fan, if they're, if they're on TikTok, it better be something that they do not publicize and that they're trying to cut down. Um, <clears throat> so the idea of, of firsthand, the idea that like firsthand going to TikTok to find your audience out there, the idea that some of your fans might come to one of your shows as one of the first things they were able to do as an 18-year-old, that's frightening. I don't want any of that, thank you. I want I want 32-year-olds who use TikTok but don't fully understand it. That's That might be more my, my demo. Um, you meet, sometimes you go, especially me, I go to comedian shows and I see the fandoms that certain people pull together and there are times you're like, nope. Don't want any crossover with this lot. Absolutely not. Anyway, what was I talking about? Podcasting. So I've, I've been thinking about getting in to a bit more of a group podcast kind of deal. And um, I've been talking to, to some different groups of friends about that. And I have found myself in a classic two dates to the same prom situation, unfortunately. I have talked to two discrete groups of comedians about forming group podcasts together. And I don't think either one is aware of the other one. And I'm going to have to keep... It's going to end up with me doing two podcasts simultaneously in the same recording studio and having to duck out from each one after the other to to go back to the other one. You know those scenes in in that really cliched like 90s, early 2000s sitcom trope? That's my life now. As I manage two all male podcasts where the basic vibe is we just kind of get together and we chat shit. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, God, Hannah Gadsby just isn't funny. That's um, that's what I'm going to be doing twice. 
simultaneously. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it seems like the right call, right? Why wouldn't the host of one podcast who is uh, self-admittedly aware that it isn't very good, you know what he should do? Start two more. That seems ideal. So, uh, fair warning, if any of those get off the ground, fair chance this won't happen anymore, but I think that's in everyone's best interest. I think if you're enjoying this right now, I think you'd like it more if there was less of me and more of some other people. I think that'd be better. Also, it would be longer. It'd be like, I'd probably be speaking for just as long. Maybe fewer words. Probably fewer words. I get through a lot of words per minute on this thing. Um, anyway, so prep yourself for that. This could be over. Let's find out. <laughs> I, like to, I like the idea of just seeding early that this podcast is on its last legs. I don't know if it is, but I think, you know, in my mind, there's going to have to be some big farewell episode. I'm going to ramp up to it. I think realistically, if I just stopped posting, I think about four people would DM me. Like, hey, is the podcast over? And I'd be like, yeah, it is. And they're like, oh, okay. I guess we'll either have to hang out now or sever our relationship. Um, <laughs> bit, bit of an update for you comedy-wise. I'm still waiting on the first edit back from my uh, comedy festival YouTube hour. Uh, that got filmed, which I think is going to look and just be great. I think it's going to be really good. It was filmed on a really good night. However, I am going to be going on tour. I'm going to be touring the show one last time. That means I'm going to be taking it to... Uh, at the very least, Brisbane. It might just be Brisbane at this stage. Maybe Newcastle. Possibly Newcastle. Hey, if you're from any other city in Australia and you would like me to come, just let me know. I can make it happen. I just need to wait until I can afford to lose a couple of hundred dollars and I'll be there. <laughs> um, hey, guys, just on, on a serious note, um, if you're listening to this, uh, don't follow your dreams. Don't do it. It's too hard. Find contentedness in being mediocre and live with that because... I mean, I'm not saying I'm any less mediocre. I'm just a lot less happy about it than a lot of you might be. Um, but yeah, come come and see a show. Let me know if you want me to come. I'll come to Adelaide. Why not? I'll come to Adelaide. I'll do it in your I'll do it in your lounge room. If I can crash on your couch, I'll just do the I'll do the performance to you live. Or we can put on a screening of me performing it in front of a real audience. Does that sound better? <laughs> I won't even get a projector. I'll just set my laptop up. The, the audio is pretty good on the laptop. We can sit around it. We can watch it back. That'll be better for everyone, I think. Um, <clears throat> and then we can do a quick director's Q&A afterwards. Uh, does that sound good? Would you mean to that? All right, let's get into a bit of news, all right? And fuck, we're already 90 minutes into the podcast, so I've well over-delivered here already. we got to talk about the submarine, don't we? we got to talk about it, because even though it's Tuesday where you are, at least... And uh, the ghosts of the memories of those billionaires has faded almost instantly. The way that it is increasingly, in my mind, like Biff and not Biff, who was the other one, Marty McFly and Back to the Future, just slowly disintegrating. Um, that's that's how I feel about those billionaires. <coughs> was everyone aware of that? So this is one thing I would say. Uh, my understanding of the submarine was limited to whatever was the headline of the City Morning Herald at any point and also any conversations I overheard in hallways at my workplace. That's about as much as I knew about it. And so what's my, my take on it has evolved over time because I thought if I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, I better do a little bit of reading. So I found a post on Reddit of someone summarizing the key details. And I, I'd also I'd, I'd taken in certain things about the general story. I'd taken in that whatever this submarine was, it was not built for purpose um, I knew there was a lot of wealth involved and I knew the Titanic was there in somewhere in some capacity as well. <laughs> That's all I really knew. 
That's all I was fully aware of. And uh, I've since gone back. Now, here, here are my thoughts in order that they occurred to me. Number one, journalists are scumbags, aren't they? Because if I go to the Sydney Morning Herald now, let's see. Is it still? No, now it's Moscow takes anti-terror measures uh, after someone accused of a coup. Boring. <laughs> now they've moved on. Good, good fair play. Uh, there it goes. All right, I have to. I have to go through about four articles, and then we're back at submarine search, which is good news. Um, what the Titan search may cost, and who will pay for it? It's a good question that I am not going to find out the answer to. You'll never know. Um, I just I as soon as soon as it turned out that those five people were <coughs> officially wreckage. I think we all should have moved on. And what was the Sydney Morning Herald? I don't know if anyone saw this. Sydney Morning Herald headline on Friday at lunchtime was a uh, 19-year-old told friends he was nervous about expedition on submarine, but went to appease his father. Uh, who cares? What are we talking about this for anymore? Person who's dead had second thoughts about cause of death. I imagine so. I reckon he had some third, fourth, and fifth thoughts not long after. And uh, and but the sitting morning herald is like I reckon that's enough. I reckon that's enough detail to warrant another article. Do you think someone will pay for a subscription for this one? You reckon? Because there's going to be a lot more detail on this article. I, I what well what specifically were his fears and who did he tell them to? No, you I I already the minute you mentioned <laughs> how any of them felt about the situation, it was immediately unnecessary. I really hope the next Fairfax Christmas party takes place 4,000 metres below sea level because it's just, they're fucking absolute grubs, aren't they? I don't know how journalists who aren't breaking stories sleep at night. Journalists who aren't, I mean, all of them. I, I imagine journalism is one of the multitude of careers that on your first day, on your first day in the industry, you look around and be like, what the fuck did I do? I was thinking I was going to break the Waterloo tapes <laughs> Waterloo? Watergate. Oh, I'm such an idiot sometimes. Watergate. <clears throat> I'm sorry about all the I'm sorry about all the uh clearing my throat. Not sorry enough to edit them out, but I'm I apologize. It's not professional. Um here's the other thing I was gonna say. And look, I, once you get past just the concept of the Titanic, do you really need to see it? What is that truly worth? Obviously not your life, but beyond that, $250,000. There are pictures. James Cameron's taken a bunch of pictures. They're on the internet for you to see. You know what it looks like? Exactly what you think it looks like. Have you ever seen images of a sunken ship in a movie or television show? Do you notice how every one of those ships looks the same? It's like you can go inside and have a float around the ballroom. You can't get in there. It's it's just moss-covered it's a it's a ship. It is a ship. Leonardo DiCaprio was never actually on it. No one cares. All right? It's why $250,000. Money means nothing to some people, doesn't it? It is just absolutely. And and look, by the way, this is the other thing I I googled the net worth. I googled the net worth of that submarine, all right? I googled Titan submarine net worth and Google said, "Tom, it's a bit soon." That's what Google said to me. No, I'm just kidding. Google said, no, nah, just kidding. Here it is. $3.5 billion. $3.5 billion was on that submarine. 
the lowest net worth of anyone on it. There was only five people on the submarine. Uh, two of them, uh, a father and son. Uh, one of them was a maritime expert who I can't imagine was worth anything and was probably, you know, it, it's that classic thing whenever there's like a uh, a movie about a, a, a kind of shipwreck or whatever where the only person there, it's kind of like, do you ever see that movie Triangle of Sadness? Very good. It's good stuff. And instantly, uh, the Triangle of Sadness, basically a bunch of Instagram influencers slash billionaires end up on a shipwreck and immediately show how useless they are. I imagine that was the same. There would have been about 1.5 people with any worthwhile skills to offer during that. Uh, when that shit really hit the fan. One of the titles, i got to say, it was $1.5 billion for whatever her name was. Who? Her? He? I don't know. But the title they gave him was uh, Entrepreneur Slash Explorer. Oh, yeah. Entrepreneur Slash Explorer. I bet that is that classic made it halfway up Everest with four Nepalese men carrying everything she could possibly need. Explorer. Testing, taking herself and all of her staff to the limits. (laughs) 3.5 billion. The lowest net worth of the millionaires on board. $12 $12 million for the guy who started the company. $12 million is not enough net worth to trust someone to take you 4,000 meters below sea level. And this is, again, I haven't really looked into this that much, but I've heard, from what I've heard, there was a lot of talk about this guy just flippantly and flagrantly, totally dismissing all recommended advice about what a submarine should be. And every member of the party on that ship actively saying, well, that's fine. I can't imagine that's going to be a problem. I can't I can't possibly think that's going to be a reason I'm going to be on Sydney Morning Herald for four days. Uh, but here's the thing, and even I am falling prey to this. I have been amazed by how callous the general social commentary on this has been. Everything on Reddit, anything on any social media post, most of the conversations I've had with people, there is a big like, you know what, I don't really give a shit to vibe to this, which just goes to show people hate rich people, don't they? The fact it was like four rich white people on a submarine, uh, there's a lot of layers to this, but I think there is a big part of that of like, you know what, I don't think we really needed them that badly. It was that worst kind of level of net worth where it's like into the billions but not the the tens of billions. Tens of billions is like Bill Gates dies. I think there's probably a ripple effect. Elon Musk is gone. I don't know. Something happens. The next Tesla is not as good. These guys, I don't know. I don't know what they had done to earn a billion dollars. I'm going to say something that probably didn't really provide that much value or worth. If I had to guess, these are finance guys surely, right? Should I do some research before I start slandering the dead? All right. In the time that I've taken off, I've, I've done some Googling. Number one, I'm going to avoid names. Vice chairman of Darwood Hercules, an investment and holding company based in Karachi, Pakistan. Da-ding. Limited value to his fellow human beings is not written here because it doesn't have to be. Next one. Next guy. Chairman of a company called Action Activation. No, sorry, Action Aviation, which sells aircraft to Fortune 100 companies, including corporations, heads of state, and people in the entertainment and sports industry. Ba-bow. Totally useless to his fellow man if they can't shoot a basketball or start a slightly bigger company. All right. This is why, 
right? We're just kind of like, look, four billionaires who probably didn't give a shit about any of us crushed in, I mean, let's be fair also, one of the all-time greatest ways to die, right? Are we all in agreement about that? If you if you told me right now handshake deal look Tom I'm going to I'm going to tell you I, I would pay for this if they're like Tom we're going to empty your savings account in return we can guarantee that your death is going to take 0.2 of a millisecond please sign me up 0.2 no it's 20 milliseconds that's what it was 0.2 of a second 20 milliseconds if you could guarantee that that's how my life ends oh. I think it'd be different if it was the whole, oh, they're five days at the bottom of a submarine watching the air slowly expire. That sounds pretty rough. Implosion on a submarine? I think, you know, I mean, $250,000 is still a lot to spend for it, but I, I not, by, not by too much. I think if you're a billionaire, there are, there are a lot worse ways to go. And Yeah, I would, I'd really like that, actually. I really, Woody Allen has a great quote, which is, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. And that's how I feel. That's, that's how I feel about the whole thing. I just, I would love, if, if I could, some kind of, maybe I could like pay for some kind of assassin, like a really good one who knows when I'm not paying attention, just really take me out when no one's looking. I'd, I'd, I'd like that. Be a good way to go. I'd shave a few years off my life just for the peace of mind that I'm not going to suffer. I'm so weak. The flip side of it, though, is despite the fact that no one was particularly sad that these people are dead, I'm sure some are, but like I think the general public sentiment is, ah, eh, well, um, it does go to, does go to show one thing, which is if you have enough money, they'll spend a lot of time looking for you. I mean, I think you know, <clears throat> they look, they search for like four or five days for these people, for four people who, by their own volition, went to check out the Titanic and didn't just watch the film, and they still spent four days looking for them. Because presumably a rescue fee, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> there's gotta be a premium on a rescue fee when you're worth that much. Surely, I think you could have, you know, a, a a busload of inner city school children. Maybe not inner city, western suburbs. Busload of western suburbs school children could have gotten lost on a school trip to a national park. I don't think they would have looked that long. I think they would have had a had a search around for ten hours and gone. Ah, I think that's called cool a day. I think this is over. Um. Anyway, enough of that. This is my other favorite news story of the week. It's not a news, it's an opinion piece. This is the title. Wait a sec, where is it? Here we go. Shame and silence. Why are we still ignoring pelvic organ prolapse? What a puzzle. Why? Why would we be ignoring pelvic organ prolapse? Uh, I have an idea because it sounds fucking gross. Do you think that's why? Is it the patriarchy or is it just generally a human discomfort with things that sound disgusting? I think anyone's prolapse should be their business and nobody else's, ideally. You know, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a, a, a gender issue. I think this is just a, a, a general uh, gut reaction to the word prolapse, if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, I would be, if you guys had tuned out of the podcast right now purely because I'm using the word, I wouldn't blame you for it. Hey, speaking of which, uh, speaking of, of tuning out of the podcast, if you could and you haven't already, given me a subscribe on your Apple Podcasts, on your Spotify podcast, that'd be great. Would really appreciate that. Like I said, I'm gonna. I think you can already tell the podcast's getting better. I've had, I've had. You think I came up with all these jokes on the fly? No, I've thought about it. I have thought about it. So, 
If you haven't already, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, check us a follow. Helps me out a lot. Just reminds you when I got a podcast out. And that way, when you see the title Dwarf World Dwarf Games, you know to listen. I don't know what else I have to do. <sighs> Slightly longer episode today, but hey, I'm on a roll. Let's keep going. Bit of a bit of a recommendation this week. Something I thought this is something that I could try to do as a consistent thing on the podcast. Tell you what I've been something I've been reading, something I've been watching, something I've been listening to that you might want to get around. Uh, I, I mean, there's a few things. I saw a movie last weekend. I went and saw uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. I never know if I say her name properly. I feel like I should be able to say it, but it doesn't feel right. Julia Louis, is it Louise Dreyfus? Louis Dreyfus? Anyway, the chick from Seinfeld in a a, a movie called um, "You Hurt My Feelings," which um, I got to say, a, the perfect blend of being kind of artsy, artsy enough that you feel smart watching it, but not so artsy that it fucking sucks. You know. You ever see like a really artsy film and realize that there's a reason some things make no money and it's not because uh, it's not to everyone's taste, it's because it's probably objectively not that great. I've been through that a few times when you realize things are independent for a reason and let's not stop to reflect on my comedy career for a second, okay? Because obviously in my case, it's independent because it's of high artistic value, but in movies' cases, it's independent because it's kind of shit. Anyway, uh, I went through it. Very good, very funny. I had a moment in the cinema. My my fiance had a big laugh at my expense about this. I was in the cinema, and uh, I'm at the Ritz in Randwick, and I hear I hear from downstairs screaming, like really really loud screaming, like really high pitched screaming, and instantly, my first thought is someone's got a gun. It's 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 finally come to Australia. Someone has imported an AR-15 from America and they're going on a rampage down and says, I'm checking out where the exits are. No one else seems to be concerned, but everyone else in the cinema, I mean, it's the Ritz. I'm at an art house film at 6 p.m. on a Sunday. None of them, I mean, I, they're not too fast. And I don't know if it's because they can't hear the screaming or they've lived a long, fruitful life already. They're not too worried about calling it quits today. Um, but no one else seemed to be worried but me. And uh, I would soon find out the reason for that is because the screaming was coming from a child's birthday party happening downstairs. Um, it was not, in fact, a an incel mowing down innocent bystanders. It was, in fact, about four seven-year-old girls playing a game of tip that gave me an existential crisis. This is a real family trait of the Whitcombs, which is that we are constantly thinking our life is under threat. We're, we're on an Airbus with more trepidation than most people were on that submarine with flying from Sydney to London in a flight that, you know, not even Malaysian Airlines, nothing like it, on Qantas. And we're going, this is probably going to go down, I think. I don't think that's routine turbulence. I think this is a, an orchestrated attack from the Russian people. Um, that's my, my, sister is, my sister is so anxious about stuff like this. She's constantly sure there's going to be a terrorist attack Every backpack left on the ground, no matter how close it is to the person next to it and how non-Muslim they appear, they're like, I think this is the day. I think this is it. Should I throw myself on the backpack so people can call me a hero? <laughs> Just end up crushing someone's sandwich. Um, no, I, I saw the film. Good film. Enjoyed it. Not to be confused with the Jennifer Lawrence film, uh, which is called uh, No Hard Feelings, which looks like just hot dog shit. That film. I don't know if you've seen an ad for it. It looks so fucking bad. It's uh, 
comedy can be so bad at its worst. And maybe it's fine. Maybe it's really funny. But you know when you watch a movie trailer and you're like, guys, these are your best jokes? It's like watching a comedian do a five-minute set in an important gig and it still sucks. Like You couldn't find five minutes of things. It's, this is what this trailer was like. You couldn't find 90 seconds of good jokes across this 97-minute movie. This is a real worry. And then I read a thing on The Guardian about it and someone was praising it because it was a a positive reflection of sex work. Basically, the plot of this movie is Jennifer Lawrence has been hired by some incel guy's parents to date him to make him seem more normal. And uh, apparently the Guardian guy was praising it for, for being a positive reflection of sex work in cinema, which is so so very, very lacking in this day and age. Um, oh, God, whatever. Whatever. Does everyone need respect or is it just me because I have a podcast? I don't know. What I wanted to recommend, and I think we're going to pretty much call it on this one, if you haven't been watching it, Shrinking on Apple TV. Uh, is uh, It's got Harrison Ford, Jason, not Sudeikis, the other one. Ah, I wrote it down. What's his name? Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel, who I imagine is fuming at the popularity of Tad Lasso and what that has done for him in the Jason Stakes. He is rapidly falling down the Jason rankings. I mean, even Jason Statham, despite having not done anything for a, for a hot minute, is is battling out with Jason Segal for a, for a good spot. But I would say he's done himself a lot of favours with this, this uh, latest incarnation. Uh, shrinking is about a bunch of... Uh, well, it's basically about Jason Segal plays a therapist, a psychologist, psychiatrist, a psychologist who's having a bit of a, a mental breakdown and just follows through his life. And it's great. It's fun. It's moving. It's very funny. I forgot how good a, an actor Jason Segel is because I think How I Met Your Mother, I don't know how well that's aged. And not in like a... <laughs> I don't know how well did Friends age because Chandler's dad was trans and we weren't all super cool about it. More in just like, a, I just don't know whether we look back on How I Met Your Mother as primetime television. I don't know if we're looking back and like, wow, that, those were the days. To me, that was kind of the stepping stone towards Two and a Half Men and then ultimately Big Bang Theory where we just, the death of the sitcom. Two Broke Girls as well. Remember that horseshit man. And I don't know, maybe I, maybe this is this classic, like you always think the thing that comes after your generation is way worse. But also, to be fair, the stuff that's come after my generation has been way worse. So I don't know. Because I think Friends and Will and Grace and obviously Seinfeld before that, all great. And all held up. I mean, if you look at The Office, the American Office, people still going on about it. And then after that, it's just Charlie Sheen and four dudes with autism that, without a laugh track on it, just really makes you question. It. Have you ever watched on YouTube, they have episodes of Big Bang Theory where they've edited out laughed, the laugh track? God. I can only imagine if you enjoyed the Big Bang Theory, then you watched that. Ew, you suddenly you'd be doubting what you knew about all of the world. It's just, it's very rattling. Anyway, so Jason Segal, like I Segal, Steven Segal, I don't know. You know the guy. It's the guy from How I Met Your Mother, the big kind of dopey one who is. Uh, he's very good. He's very very good in shrinking. So highly recommend if you don't have Apple TV, get it. Watch watch shrinking. Watch Ted Lasso season one and a half. You can probably stop after that if you want. And watch um, uh, Severance as well. That's good stuff. Severance is very good. I'm also 20 minutes into episode three of Black Mirror and uh, 
That's enough for me to say they're back. The first episode sucked. I did. I skipped the second one. I went straight to the Aaron Paul episode. It's pretty good. I've been enjoying it. I could only still make 20 minutes of it because it's 2023 and my uh, attention span is hot mush. Um, and despite that, here you are listening to 42 minutes of a podcast of one guy talking. One guy who doesn't even that live that interesting a life. Good for you. Is that a good... Maybe that's a good way to position this podcast is a, a real test. A real test of your ability to pay attention. All right. It was a good episode. I had fun. It was a good one. Even when none of you listen to this, I'll, I'll, I'll look back and go, well, at least I had a nice time. <sighs> All right. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one. And uh, I'll chat to you next week. I'll show some respect. Tom Whitcomb's talking.